You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer. And just like me, somebody who had a very good Saturday when it comes to their college teams. He played for his. I did not. It is Tony Casillas. TC, what up? I'm doing good. By the way, a belated congratulations on AM upsetting the Alabama Crimson Tide. And as you just mentioned, Barely over the drama of the OU Texas game. So uh, it was a good weekend. It was a trifecta. The AM won, Oklahoma won, and Dallas a big win over the Giants. So it was yeah. a good weekend. It's a good weekend uh, for the 7-5-0. A great weekend when AM wins. A great weekend when Oklahoma wins. A better weekend when uh, Texas loses. And obviously the Dallas Cowboys winning as well. So lots of positive results. Tony, I told you before we started recording that I did not tell you what we were going to talk about today because I wanted to surprise you because I want your full, honest, authentic reaction. All right. You can't sugarcoat this. You can't, you know, try to gloss it up. You got to be real. You got to be vulnerable. Are you ready? Yes. You know, I'm very vulnerable. So you, I'm ready. Bring it, uh, brother. So today, Tony, we are going to be talking about things because the Dallas Cowboys are four and one. Uh, they've surprised a lot of people. I think we had faith in this team, but, you know, and I think we thought that this was possible, but they've gotten here in a way that, you know, some people didn't totally anticipate. So the theme for our discussion today is things that we were wrong about things. You have to admit that you were wrong. You didn't think this was possible. You thought something else would be the case, something that you were wrong about, because, you know, let's, let's be honest. Let's, let's, you know, let's atone. You know what I mean? Let's, Let's admit it. And, you know, because a lot has changed. There are things and players that are playing at levels we didn't necessarily think would be the case. There are players we thought would be good, but that have been great, so on and so forth. So uh, do you do you have a list of things that you feel like you're wrong about or do you feel like you are only right? Well, I, first of all, I feel like this is a relationship uh, questionnaire. <laughs> and I've been married for 25 years. It seems like that's kind of the narrative. I'm always wrong. Uh, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm wrong about the Cowboys being four and one. I didn't think that the, I did not think that they would be as prolific on offense as they are now. So there's two things right there: the offensive production, which to me is very surprising, considering some of the things that they'd had to navigate through a little adversity, new offensive tackle, and the teams that they've won, they beat. Um, I honestly, I would think, I thought maybe they'd be three and one, maybe two and two, uh, the question mark. And I think the biggest, we'll just roll this up in one little bundle is I was wrong about that Prescott. I did not realize that he mm. was going to be this well playing this good with uh, four and one, five games in a season. It's been just a, an amazing accomplishment. So there's three or four things rolled up in <laughs> one that I've been wrong about. <laughs> so I think something let's let's unpack these a little bit. Um, yeah, I think 
everyone was I would wrong. Say, I would just say this, just the whole conclusion of them being four and one. It, in a row, there's a lot of narratives to that. So I will say I I personally don't feel as wrong about two of those things. One, I I thought that Dak would be great. I think everybody had a question, you know, coming back from the health, but he was playing at an elite level before like that. I'm not saying you're surprised by that, but and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, you know, which I guess is what I'm doing here. But I thought that Dak would would be the guy. He would be the dude. And that's who he is. He's just that guy. Um, I but also good, RJ. I mean, yeah, like this is who he's uh, been for the last year, I, you know, year and a half. I, I, uh, coming off of the injury that he sustained last was, year, I think I think that I think that was probably the more the the question because of that how he would how good he would be, and then yeah, I think just the consistency and just how accurate he's been. Sure, I will say that. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. I but there's a lot of things that I was wrong about and that I think that are are bigger or more surprising because the deck, there are always people who feel different ways about deck. Like that's just the way it's going to be. Um, you mentioned them being four and one. I'm, I'm definitely surprised in one sense, but, and you mentioned the people that they are the teams that they've beaten. The chargers win continues to look better and better by the week, you know, given how great the chargers look. Uh, the Panthers win was impressive a little bit at the time, although they're starting to fall off a little bit, but you know, when we looked at the schedule, it it seemed doable. And and some, every week I tweet out the Cowboys remaining schedule by opposing quarterback. And it was because of that. You know, at the beginning, it, it was it was always obvious the first two games are going to be difficult. You're playing the Buccaneers, the Chargers, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert. That's going to be tough cookies no matter how you slice it. But then you get Jalen Hurts, then you get Sam Darnold, then you get Daniel Jones, then you get Mac Jones, a rookie. So it looked like it lightened up. And, and what I am surprised by, you know, isn't that they're having success against these you know, less qualified quarterbacks, but that they're they're doing it with authority. You know, we've seen them play down to their competition before. And so that's what I'm surprised by. And 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 I think I should mention we are happily surprised by all of these things. You know, nobody's pissed like, man, I'm I wish the Cowboys weren't as good as I as they are, you know, or anything like that. But um I am a little bit surprised that they're they're kind of dominating. That is a little bit you know, not something I, I thought they would win because these are not great quarterbacks they're playing. I didn't think they would continually win with authority like this. Yeah, I think that when you look at the season, I thought maybe that because I don't think, you know, until you get into the, the teams and you, you, everything tries, you know, everything tries to, you know, kind of uh, sift the safe, sift this way through. And I, I didn't know all the, you know, the first five games, what, what type of teams they have. I think we always looked at, look on paper that the Cowboys, but the more, it's a more winnable game. But the thing that I was, I am so impressed with that I was wrong about is the confidence level on which they play at. Mm-hmm. And I goes to your point about how many points have they been able to score and just the confidence that they have and the aura. And we, we've seen, and you and I've been doing this for three years. And the thing that we've talked about is that they'll have success and they'll pull back. Right. And, they'll, and then they'll, they'll never there's not any consistency. So I think the consistency of this team and how well prepared and really how the versatile they are on offense right now is very impressive. I mean, obviously, the biggest thing and the second thing is the takeaways and Trayvon Diggs oh, and man. defensively. To me, that is probably the biggest. And look, they're not the best when you look at yards per game as far as what they're yielding but, but they're opportunistic they, they, they absolutely they take their, their, moments. their sacks yeah. and the guys that they have as far as rushing the passer you know randy gregory is a guy that we thought yeah would have to be a very 
the big part of this defensive front. He's really, really come on. But I mean, you can't say enough about Trayvon Diggs. I mean, he's got five interceptions right now. Six. And, Don't and sell six, the man I'm sorry. short. I'm sorry. Six. <laughs> I mean, it's it's unheard of. So, so that's the most glaring thing that really sticks out when I look at the defensive side of the ball is how well and how improved they are from a takeaway standpoint. It's just unheard of and just the evolution of Trayvon Diggs. Right. And I think we all thought, maybe hoped, but we, we I think there was some level of thought that Trayvon would be better because Trayvon mm-hmm. was really good last year. Obviously, he led not the league. This- that's right, not right, this right. good. <laughs> no, but that, like he was he was yeah. really good as a rookie, led the team in interceptions, but he only had right. three. And and they both yeah. and they all came against the Eagles. And so, you know, whatever. But it, it made sense for him to take a step, right? Okay, he's gonna mm-hmm. continue his growth. I, there's nobody on earth, and if you're listening, I will call you a liar. There's nobody who thought he would be this good. And so, you know, that again, that's the theme of this discussion. Things we were Okay, maybe not maybe wrong about it is not the right way to put it, but things that that we did not foresee. Um, and so Trayvon taking this leap. I will say you mentioned Randy Gregory. I was wrong only because I was hesitant. I, I have never doubted Randy's potential as a football player, and I've maintained that it's been awesome to see the Cowboys stick by his side through mm-hmm. everything he's faced and, and to be there for him. But a lot of people thought, and I just disagreed with it, that, oh, he's going to come and he's going to be this beast. And that just didn't. I, I, I more than anything, I felt that that was a little bit irresponsible to rely on, um, to count on it. I, I've I've said for years, you have to kind of treat Randy like like icing on the cake. You have to find the cake because you did. You just never knew what you were going to get from him, because prior to this season, Tony, he played 10 games last year, but he didn't play the entire season before in 2019. And he played 14 games in 2018 but missed the entire 2017 season. He played two games in 2016. So like he just hadn't, you know, we, he hadn't put together a long stretch of time. You know, I, again, I realize he played 10 games last year, but you know, to where he was, he played 10 games in a, in a reserve role. The Cowboys still had Alden Smith on their team last year. He had ne- he's, he prior to this season, we had never seen the responsibility on his shoulders be this large. And that was, again, I don't want to say it was reckless, but because the Cowboys had to address a number of different other areas on their team with their draft picks and free agency and whatnot. And they, they counted on Randy Gregory, you know, being great this season. And, you know, that was a, a risk they took and it has paid off. Randy looks, it's actually difficult, Tony. I think you would agree to figure out who the best defensive player is on the team. It might be Trayvon, like at the end of the day, because of the interceptions, but Randy's in the mix. Micah Parsons is in the mix. There's other guys who who maybe aren't popping to that level. Uh, but I was definitely wrong about Randy just because I I was nervous to trust it. And man, he is just he is a difference maker. Well, that's a valid point because as you mentioned, he's not been able to finish the season. He's always had off the field issues, and it seems to me that he's got those under control. And I hope uh, he continues to, uh, you know. It improve and, and really work on things that he needs to work on. And I think everyone uh, need, could uh, be inspired by what he's going through. I mean, that's just part of life and we see it all the time. And so I, I th- but it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what he's done because of, you know, everything that, uh, that has gone on. Right. And I think, I think what that they really, the expectation and then, uh, they've done them without Demarcus Lawrence, probably arguably one of their best defensive players. Mm-hmm. But there's been a lot of different contributions. You mentioned Mike, Micah Parsons. You mentioned, you know, Leighton Vander Esch made a big yeah. play in the Giants game. I mean, there's been guys, you know, Antonio, Anthony Brown gets a pick six. 
So there, there's a contribution, a barrage of contributions, which to me, and, and I tweeted this out, that this has a little bit of the 90s teams written all over it. It's not, it's the beginning chapter, if you will, because of the offense and the leader that you have on the quarterback position and just the weapons and everything you have. But I think defensively, you're finding, you know, Dan Quinn is really trying to find all the things that he has at his disposal. I mean, he's got a lot of depth. He's been able to platoon different positions on the defensive side. But, again, I don't think anyone anticipated uh, – you're right. I mean, you're, you're lying to yourself if you you if you, you said Trayvon Diggs, his second year in the, in the league, oh, dude. was going was to was have six interceptions after five games. That's just – that's just ridiculous. And now people are talking about not ever throwing at it. And so I – I think it's just a great story and it's a great start. And there's a lot of things. I don't know if it's just that we were wrong on things. I think we're more surprised right. than anything. So something that I think we were wrong about, and I, I don't think there's a soul who was right about this because mm-hmm. there, like, there were people who thought Randy would be great. Again, I just disagreed with that and I'm happy to be wrong. Um, but there's not, there's nobody. And again, if you're listening you can tweet at Tony at TC Casillas. You can tweet at me at RJ Ochoa, and we will call you liars. There's nobody who Tony, when Lyle Collins was suspended, thought that Terrence Steele at right tackle was a good idea. Nobody. Nobody no. thought that. We talked. We said, move Zach Martin. Kick him out to right tackle because they, they were coming off that week one game against Tampa, and Connor McGovern had played really great at right guard when, when Zach was on the COVID list. And so, I mean, we, we said, kick Zach Martin out. You're, this is stupid, you know, whatever. I mean, every everything was all about how this was going to be a disaster. He has been, in that sense, he's probably been the, the greatest surprise. And, and all credit to Terrence Steele. He deserves all the credit. He put in the work over the offseason. He is, I mean, he is playing at a really high level. Um, and, I mean, they're undefeated since he has started at right tackle. And they have one game left to go before Lyle Collins gets back. But that is something that literally every single person was wrong about. I have a few things that I think every person was wrong about, but this is the first one. I think that that's a, the great story so far. I mean, Terrence still, last year as a rookie, just uh, it was just a disaster. And I think that he has grown so much from that. You know, it's hard as a player when you have to go through that negativity and the right. lack of confidence and, and play with that kind of stigma. And think about how you have to shoulder that into the next season. And when you're, not, even when you're getting a, a, the opportunity to, to start to replace a guy like Leo Collins that they're mm-hmm. paying him big money. Um, and and, and, and everybody's in, talking about how this is a bad idea, right? You're hearing and, and, it all. And, and, and no one's talking about Terrence Still right now, which is a good thing. Okay. The things that we should be talking about is how Brady's playing, but we were last year, it was all about how bad he was. Mm-hmm. So this is a good thing. When you're not, all you're doing is you're not talking about Terrence Steele because he's doing so many great things within. I mean, think about the transition he's made in one year, RJ, from last year as an offensive tackle in the National Football League. I mean, that's a tough position to play. It's not the blind side. Right, uh, and, and I, we got to mention we got to mention Tyron Smith. That dude is amazing. Coming off injuries, that's something else that, that I'm, people I'm were a little wrong about. Yeah, right, right. I'm surprised also that he's coming. He's come back to this form and looks just as good as he did in his prime. I mean, not to say he's in his not as his prime now, but when he was healthy. So there's a combination of both these offensive tackles have really, really been pressed. And again, I think obviously the biggest surprise. It's Terrence Still because the dude has been consistent. He's kept, for the most part, they've been able to run the ball, and he's been able to protect Dak Prescott. 
And that's a great thing. That's a great transition from last year. Now, kudos to Terrence Steele and kudos to the Cowboys. I mean, they believed they, you know, and and they're right. Right. Like they, that's the, one of the best feelings in the world, Tony, is to get to tell someone like you were wrong. I was right. You know, like you on Saturday, you're telling a lot of Texas fans you were wrong. I was right. Telling a lot of I don't know that I was telling any, any Alabama fan that they were wrong and I was right. But I, I was definitely saying it after, you know, I had a great time Saturday night. I'll just say that. Um, but so Terrence Steele, like there, he's in his own category for things that we got wrong about the Cowboys. You Like we mentioned Tyron Smith and it's still it's only week six. And that's important to remember. But, you know, the Cowboys are about to have their bye. Then they'll have another little stretch of games before they get to the, the mini bye um, after their Thursday game after Thanksgiving. And he has looked I don't I don't think anybody doubted that he would be a good player. But you're right. I mean, he has been elite. And I think we did wonder whether he would ever refine this form again. Um, I think also well, how about this, RJ, the question about the question is, is do you bring do you bring Leo Collins comes back? That's I mean, do that's you want to do you want to do you want to break up the continuity of this offense? Because Terrence still I know he's got the big money label on. Right. So you really you don't have much choice. But I man, think you, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of continuity and cohesiveness on this with this offensive line. I think you definitely bring Lyle back, although I mean, at this point, I mean, Lyle has played one game in your last 21 games for the Dallas Cowboys. That's crazy when you think about that it. Is. I mean, I mean it's, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think that that's a very legitimate question in the offseason, right? If, if you want to move on from Lyle Collins for whatever reason, if you feel like Terrence Steele's that guy, I something I did, I don't know that I got this right, but in, in the mess that was last season, something I, I did say was, look, at the at, you know, this season's broken. It sucks, whatever. But at the very least, Terrence Steele and Brandon Knight, too, at the time, you know, they're getting valuable reps. They're getting valuable time. I mean, think about it. Dude, he was an undrafted free agent. I mean, it's hard to get on the field when you're the second overall pick. You know what I mean? Like, let alone when you're an undrafted free agent. And he he got – and like – it's, it's one thing to get snaps as an undrafted free agent, let alone to get snaps at tackle as an undrafted free agent. And he got that time last year. And so, you know, if, if you want to look silver lining from last year, it was valuable experience for Terrence Steele, obviously, that he he used and capitalized on in the offseason. But I think you move back to Lyell. And, and at the very least, Terrence Steele has made Ty and Secchi, you know, a non-factor. Ty, Ty was supposed to be this team swing tackle. That was what he was signed to be. But that's, that is Terrence Steele's job, is to be the team swing tackle. And I think... To go back to the Tyron thing, I don't want to, you know, throw this out into the universe, but if Tyron or Lyell again has to miss time, I think we feel much better about the the hands that whatever position that is, is put into with Terrence Steele based on how he's played. We're, we're back to a point where we trust that the top six, maybe top seven, when you include Connor McGovern, offensive lineman for the Cowboys, when we were kind of in a place where we were really nervous about that because the depth was being challenged a lot. Yeah, I think that that's a really good problem to have, and it's something that, you really don't know until you get into the season. You know, some of these guys, I think that's the greatest thing about professional football. I mean, you get one year under your belt, and then all of a sudden you start to grow. You either right. regress, you progress, you progress or regress. And it can go either way. And that's hopefully what you think that these guys will end up doing. And, uh, you know, certainly with Terrence still, you have that – you have a luxury now being – the trust, the trust factor. That's mm-hmm. the thing about this whole game is when you play is that – you got to be trusted. You got to have the consistency. And I think more, more importantly, the confidence. He didn't have any confidence last year, and rightly so. And then you throw him in there with the Wolves, and next thing you know, he's, he, you know, he got exposed. But now the confidence level, 
and the fact that he knows he can play in the National Football League, and his team trusts him, mm-hmm. his quarterback trusts him. And look at the results that they put up as a result of uh, him being able to develop. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. No, I think that's well said. Um, okay, so this next one is a big one. This this next one has a lot of lot of thoughts. Um, and let me just flesh it out because I have a feeling you're going to have some thoughts on this as well. I think I don't know that I was wrong and I'm not trying to say that to like excuse myself, uh, but it's been unique. The, the run game is not exactly what people anticipated in that it's it's balling like it is on fire mm-hmm. right now. And there have been people who have said, obviously, that, that the contract for Zeke was not a great idea and it has nothing to do with Zeke. It's just, you know, the, the devotion of resources to the running back position in today's day and age. We don't need to relitigate this. But Zeke, certainly over the last couple of games specifically, has looked great. Obviously, Tony Pollard looks great, had the great game against the Chargers. And even after that game against the Chargers, it's like, well, should Tony Pollard be the guy? Whatever. The point is, the run game is on fire. I tweeted this out back in July. Uh, Charles Robinson from Yahoo, who's great, uh, said on his podcast, he pod to win the game that after he spoke to someone who attended Cow- after he attended Cowboys camp, that an underplayed storyline is how much Mike McCarthy wanted to get back to establishing being able to run the football. Now, this was back in late July. Um, the quote that Charles said is that McCarthy, you know, didn't want Dak to be this guy who was throwing the ball 40 times a game, uh, that they wanted a really overall strong balance between the run and the pass. And I think everybody wants it. Like, that's not breaking news. Like, everybody would love to be able to to throw the ball when they want to and be able to run the ball when they want to. But uh, the Cowboys run game is working to an incredible degree. And so this is Zeke Elliott's first five games, Tony. He has 85 carries, 452 yards and five touchdowns. It is his third best start to a season of his NFL career. His rookie year was insane. He had 546 yards and five touchdowns, but that was off of 109 carries. That's Mm -hmm. 24 more carries. Mm -hmm. And then in 2018, another year he led the league in rushing. He had 93 carries for 480 yards and two touchdowns. So he's kind of in that territory. Uh, Overall, I think the takeaway is, isn't that the Cowboys are running the ball and anybody was wrong for thinking that they would commit to that but that they are doing it incredibly efficiently. Like their, their run, their offense is just efficient. That's, that's what it is. It isn't, it isn't pass heavy. It isn't run heavy. It's just what works. Let's do that. What's the path of least resistance. And in part to that is also the Tony Pollard being able to split the, right. the number of carries with him. And so you put, 
you add those carries together, He's, you get off. Zeke is third, sorry, Tony, uh, in rushing through week five, if you care about that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And Tony yeah. Pollard is 10th. So the, yeah. Cow- the Cowboys have two of the top 10 rushers in the NFL on their team. Well, they have a bang bang with both these guys. I think I think Tony Pollard is probably, and, and I've said this before, and I think a lot of people that listen to our podcast and Cowboy fans, he's on the same plane as Zeke. Zeke got the big contract, which I understand me so. And yeah, he, good for he, him. It, yeah, and, and he's he's carried the ball a lot of a lot of times in his career. It's a little wear on that tread, but he seems like now not having to carry the ball as much and. He just looks a lot, you know, he looks, his condition looks great. He lost weight before the season. So it's a great one, two punch, uh, but you got to throw in the fact of the offensive line and their ability to throw the football, mm-hmm. to be able to have the play action because right. all of a sudden you, you got to pick your poison as a defense. That's the hardest thing. What are you going to do? Stop the run or stop the pass? Well, you know what, if you try to put, you know, eight nine guys in a box, we're going to, we're going to just pick you apart. Mm-hmm. And to me, another thing that I'm really surprised is that how they can dictate what they're going to do. When I say oh, that point. they are going to, they're going to, they're going to just, okay, well, all right. You got strong, right? We're going to run strong, right? But guess what? We're going to get five or six yards on you. And they're going to do that. Inflicting their will on opponent. I mean, when have we seen that where you just, you know, maybe the first year when Zeke was running the rock and had that tremendous season, right, RJ? But not now. It's like the confidence level is so is off the chart as far as what you want to do to another defense. And to me, that's amazing. When you have that type of confidence and you know that you can do that, doesn't matter where you're at, mm-hmm. and the defense knows that, it's like, okay, we're running left. Stop us. And you can't stop them. To me, I was really, I'm really surprised, and I, I guess I was wrong on how good they would be in that category because we haven't seen that in, in, in some time. So you said the phrase "inflict their will." Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who has watched Jason Garrett speak forever has has heard him talk about imposing their will, and there, there's that's an important thing because that is Jason Garrett's plan. And I, I don't want to talk disparagingly of Jason Garrett, mm-hmm. you know, but that's that's how he goes into a game. Is like. We're going to beat them. We're, we're going to line up our 11 versus their 11, and we're just going to win. And, dude, mm-hmm. like, respect if you can do that, but why make the work hard on yourself? Like, take advantage. You know, out-scheme them, out-think them, out-work them. And so Dak Prescott was actually asked about that recently, and he talked about how imposing your will is, is a mindset, but it's mm-hmm. not a plan. And so that's the Cowboys have this, this blend of the two ideas where Kellen Moore is – I, the the best thing any Cowboys coach has said in the last 10 years is what Kellen Moore said about their whole identity on offense is, is that it's to aggressively attack what defenses give you. And so it's All OK. Right. What's the defense giving us? We're going to take that. And while we're doing mm-hmm. that, we know that we're dominating them. So we're going to impose our will. And you're right. That feeds mm-hmm. to the confidence and it all kind of works together. Mm-hmm. But that is a nice change in disposition that, that, you know, has been really, really refreshing. And that kind of leads me to I don't know that. I think I've definitely been wrong about this to some level. I, I and this this is kind of a different topic, but I feel like Mike McCarthy isn't getting his his share of credit because you know the offense is singing. Kellen Moore's awesome. Kellen Moore's going to be a head coach this NFL. Defense is generating turnovers. Awesome, great. What you know, whatever, etc. Uh, they've got twelve turnovers through five games. The first five games under Dan Quinn. All credit in the world to Dan Quinn. They had twelve turnovers over the last four games of last year. You know, so this this turnover thing, I know Mike McCarthy's an offensive coach, but 
you know, and it's difficult to, to kind of pinpoint like what he deserves credit for, but I think he's just managing everything. Well, he, he's got his, you know, he's got Kellen Moore and he, he you know, he, and some people turn this into, well, he's not doing anything, you know, he's letting Kellen Moore handle the offense. I think Mike McCarthy kind of like, you know, Kellen saying we're going to aggressively attack what defenses give them. Mike McCarthy is saying Kellen is great at this offense. I'm not going to mess with this. I trust it. And that's, that's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to get people in this business to just trust somebody else. I do think that Mike McCarthy has brought a culture of stability. We, we've talked about how, you know, they have a blend of confidence and aggression. They have this level of consistency. Those are boxes that they are checking off that they haven't checked off in a very long time. And I think it's, it's not fair to not give a lion's share of that credit to Mike McCarthy. I think that the you know, good coaches are able to delegate, delegate the responsibilities, your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, all the phases of the game. And I think it, he, you know, Mike McCarthy got so much, uh, it got you got so much much criticism last year. What happened? Mm-hmm. But you got to give him a lot of uh, a lot of props for changing the defensive coordinator, making some personnel decisions, uh, just kind of refraining from being in the in the realm of play calling. Because Mike McCarthy has been a play caller all his career. Right. In an, he was at Green Bay, and maybe it's changed. So he's understood that he's given you know his titles to Kellen Moore and brought Dan Quinn in fired Mike Nolan, made some personnel changes. So you, you, you're right. You know, I think the, the only thing that he's gotten, I don't think he's really gotten credit. I think that he gets a, he gets kind of the, the backlash if he doesn't go for it on fourth right. and one or something, those things. And, but he has done a tremendous job. He's a, anyone that gets four and one, I don't care who it is. Uh, the, 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 you know, the head coach has got to uh, get some of the credit most of the credit for being able to do that. I mean, some of the greatest coaches, and I played for one of them when I was in Dallas and go back, and he was a great delegator. He got a great offensive coordinator, great defensive coordinator, special teams, was able to put those things together, say the right things to his team in the team meetings and bring these guys together. And it's got Mike McCarthy all over it because look how hot. Another thing I'm really surprised, I was wrong, is I was so – I was so – I am so impressed on how hard these guys are playing on defense. Totally they agreed. are running to the ball, swarming. I mean, there is a sense of urgency that they are playing at. And I don't care what happens from this point forward, but the fact that they're running, they're not making mental errors in the right place, but they're playing hard, RJ. To me, that is the biggest thing. And give credit to Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy. It's all the, it's all the same. Because that's what they're doing. They're playing with a sense of urgency that we haven't seen. Certainly not last year or the year before. No, I mean, it's it's impressive. I mean, and look, look, Tony and I aren't saying, oh, this team's winning the Super Bowl. But like what they're doing right now is really, really impressive. And again, wait a second. Can... I've already just I just made my reservation, didn't you? Oh, you didn't get the memo. We're going to L.A. We're going to yeah. what is the what is the chicken place? Roscoe's. We're going to, we're going to do all this stuff. <laughs> Uh, you've won a Super Bowl in L.A., so, I mean, you you certainly know how to how to walk the walk there. Um, but I I think, you know, I believe me, credit to Mike McCarthy, credit to Dan Quinn. I think a lot of that credit also, like, to Micah Parsons. I mean, he has changed the attitude. And I, I don't want to take away – because I think there's been a lot of great leadership. I think Randy Gregory has been a great leader. I think J. Ron Curse has been a great leader. I think Leighton Vanders has been a great leader. Like, there's there is this, like – 
greater sense of team. You know, it, it's less about individuals, you know, right now for the Cowboys defense, which is really nice to see. But Micah Parsons has just come in and has just worked and has just been this baller. And I mean, he's as everybody knows, he's already calling plays. I mean, that is the greatest accident to happen to the Cowboys since Dak Prescott because they were not planning on him. And look, again, there were people who liked Micah Parsons entering the draft, but everybody want most people, I should say, wanted Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn. And it was fair to want one of those players because with a top 10 pick, you want one of those positions that you can get great value financially from. You want a star corner. And Trayvon Diggs, you know, balling out of his mind, too, has has helped mitigate the, the loss of not getting Sertan or Horn. But the fact that Micah Parsons is who he is, I mean, that – you know, the, that sequence of events has has gone about as wonderfully as it possibly could have for the Cowboys. He has been a dream of a player. He's having a, a greater impact, I think, his rookie season than CeeDee Lamb did last year. And I know that might be hard for people to contextualize, but he has by himself raised the floor of this defense. And for a rookie to do that through the first five games is really, really, really rare. Yeah, it's a big surprise that Micah Parsons has made such a big impact. And, and how Dan Quinn has turned this defense around. Uh, to me, I, uh, I I guess you could say I was wrong about that because I didn't think it would be this. Uh, we'd it, see it, this it wouldn't, it wouldn't be this. Like, again, maybe if you thought and, it, maybe we thought it would be like a three or four out of a 10, but it's been like an eight or nine out of a 10. That's where right. I think we were wrong. Especially with the takeaway ratio and, and, and what they're doing as far as the front and just putting guys in different places and find them a place where they can make a contribution. And finding your best players and putting them on the field and changing personnel, not being afraid. I released one of their, you know, their highest paid defensive players and Jalen Smith. And just making these hard, love, difficult decisions. And, you know, Dan Coin to me is the biggest surprise to be able to way he's turned this defense around in one year. It's, not, it's, even it's year. Really, not, not even a year. Not even a year. Well, yeah, not, the year's not even over, but quarter through the season. It's, it's crazy. I will say, too, and I said this, we did a live show after Jalen was released uh, a week ago today, actually. Um, I don't want to celebrate Jalen being released. I wish him well. I know you do, too. Hope he flourishes. I'm happy great- for him at Green Bay. I think it's right. a great place for him. Yeah. Um, but that was something I was wrong about. I did not think the Cowboys would do it. That's that's where I was wrong. I mean, obviously, everybody knew that it, it had to be done, and it was very obvious that it was going to happen you know, in 2022 at the very least. And obviously the financial risk that, that he was being on the mm-hmm. field every week. I did not, I mean that in a, in a similar way, Tony last year, when Mike McCarthy took over, Jason Witten is one of the greatest Cowboys of all time, but I was very happy to see Mike McCarthy not bring him back, you know, because I, the Cowboys have had that culture of like, Hey, we've got our guys, you know, the, the, the favorites of the club, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I mean, they let Jason Witten walk back and, and start, you know, after a year away from the game. Like, how many teams would do that with players? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and so that was a really prompt. Like, to me, that was Mike McCarthy saying, look, Jason Witten, he's great. He'll be in the Ring of Honor, be in the Hall of Fame. But he's not what's good for us right now. And think think about that. I mean, that allowed, you know, at the time, Blake Jarwin to have that job. But that ultimately opened the door for Dalton Schultz, who, man, a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just super awesome right now. <laughs> but um, but moving on from Jalen is is a cousin of that idea is you know what Jalen wish you all the best man but right now you're not one of our top four five linebackers you know we're we're willing to eat this hit to move on to better the team and I didn't think that they had the stones to do that and I'm very happy to be wrong about that 
It's like having an elephant in the room. You just you got this 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 player that's is is overshadowed. He overshadows everything by the how much what his salary is. And right. I think unfortunately people don't understand that, but it's like it, it creates some dissension and the player's not happy and you know inevitably you know whatever the contract was for next year as far as the salary if he does it, you know all these different variations of things his contract it become it come down to the money but you know the thing about it is like they understood who what they have the nucleus of players they have and this is what we're our direction we're going to move forward to and i think whichever direction and whatever decision was made uh was the right decision to make because sometimes those decisions are, have to be made to make the team to to move on and really grow and so obviously there's a lot of guys in that room those that defensive room is is, has a lot of ability mm-hmm. and the creativity of using them uh, is really, really good. Um, this is kind of the last one for me. And again, all of these things we are happy to be wrong about. The title of the episode is, is things we, we, we got wrong about the Cowboys, but we're happy to be wrong. Um, and so I am, I was definitely wrong. The, the Friday after they lost to the Bucks, Tony, it's reported that Michael Gallup has a calf string. He's out three to five weeks. It's reported that Lyle Collins is suspended for five weeks. The next week, Zach Martin comes off the COVID list. Awesome. Randy Gregory goes on the COVID list on Wednesday. The following week, Demarcus Lawrence breaks his foot. Donovan Wilson, who went to the greatest school in the world has the groin issue. Ty Insecki has heat exhaustion. And it, it felt a lot like last year, right? Like when it, it was just like, you know, like, like make it stop. When will this end? You know, th- this, this feels like the Cowboys are about to crater and this season is already broken for them. And they have had to rely on depth. They have had to get a little creative and they have succeeded. I, I I did not think that they could do this this well. And some of it, again, they've played the Giants and the Eagles. You know, those are two lower quality teams in the NFL, but they won those games convincingly and with authority. They didn't, you know, eke them out against these bad teams. And so I, I was definitely wrong because I did not think this team because we haven't seen them. We haven't seen them, you know, face adversity like this and have high levels of success which is what is happening right now. I mean, they're four and one. And over the course of the next, I don't know, month, they're going to get back, you know, conceivably Michael Gallup, Demarcus Lawrence, Donovan Wilson, although players have played really well in their absence. Neville Gallimore hasn't played at all this season. He's going to come up. Kelvin Joseph, their second round pick hasn't played at all this season. He's got to come back eventually. I mean, so that like that is a really promising thing. And, and you know, I, I am surprised that they have been able to kind of steady the waters through all this turbulence. Yeah, and I think you look at their schedule. There's so many winnable games. I think the really when you look at the the schedule, the 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 team that really should be a, a pretty good matchup for them is Kansas City and Kansas. But even City, even then, like, yeah, they look they, they look not they themselves. So I think it's just every year, every year in the National Football League, you just can't ever you never know. It's either a team that progresses, team that you thought that was going to be really has been historically or just been every year has been really good. Uh, it doesn't live, you know, live up to their expectations. So I, I think for me, I think when you look at all the things that, that the Cowboys have, as far as the personnel and guys that they don't have, I think the biggest thing that I've really, you know, early on in the season is that the character of being able to do it with guys that aren't available. Right. Right. Uh, and the guys like, like Oso really, Digizua. I mean, people believe yeah. in him, but he has been a star. Right, right. Uh, so it's guys that, again, it's just it, people, the guys are stepping up and 
whatever they're when they're on the field, they want to have fun and make plays. And I think that's the infectious thing, especially on the defense side of the ball. When you got guys, you know, you're making you creating turnover or mm-hmm. turnovers, getting big plays, dialing up a blitz, making a big play. To me, that's very infectious. And that's why you play the damn game, regardless of what you're being paid. And I think that you're finally starting to see that. When you're winning, everything's great. You're having fun. You're getting paid. It's a great Monday for fans and then Cowboy Nation. So there's a lot to go along with that. But there's a lot of things that have really to, to look at this team and not – it is what it is. And you look at the, the where they're at right now, I don't think anyone expected them to be where they are now. And, hey, they could be easy to be 5-0 and if you want to go down that road. They could have beat Tampa Bay. So it's, a, it's definitely a good thing. Um, what did you get wrong about the Dallas Cowboys this season? Five games in. Tweet at Tony. He is at TC Casillas. I am on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. Uh, curious to hear if you were wrong the way we were wrong or if you were <laughs> wrong about something else. Uh, Tony, uh, later on this week, we're going to have uh, another show talk about things that we got right about the Dallas Cowboys, but I'll give you an opportunity. What's one thing that, that right now you're like, yeah, I called this. I'm right. Look at me. I'm Tony Casillas. I'm a genius. I uh, will have to go back, but I was right in saying that Jalen Smith would not be on this roster this year. That's a little bit of a cheat. Um, because no, it's not a cheat. He was, he was on the roster. I mean, so no, no I, I no, I said he wouldn't make. He'd get cut before the season was over. That's mm-hmm. what I said. I okay. said the, about the first five or six weeks of the season that they'd part ways with either Baton and uh, Baton Landerish, Leighton Vanderish, or <laughs> Peyton Landerish is his evil yeah, twin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leighton <laughs> Vanderish, uh, the Wolfman, and or Jalen Smith. And I'm not look. I'm not sticking my chest out about it. It's not something that I like to see happen, but I just felt like that uh, the writing was on the wall. And I, I will say that I was right about that. Okay, good for you. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't, I suppose Dak is one, but like a lot of people believe in Dak. I mean, so I, I don't want to take a victory lap um, on that because it's, it's a little common. I will say, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of struggling to think of uh, CD Lamb. I, I thought CD would be, and again, a, a lot of people thought this, but I thought CD would be a, a super baller this year and that it we're starting to see that. I mean, it's, it's taken, you know, I don't say it's taken time. Like it's not like CD hasn't been good, but what C, every time CD does something, it is amazing. It is utterly amazing. I, I mean, he is That's so sound talented. Bold though, brother. Well, yours wasn't bold either. They drafted two linebackers. I mean, you know, okay, but, but you really thought, did you think that the Cowboys, that he would be on the, the roster the whole season? I did when they, when they, set their 53 because of the timing of it. I didn't, I, that's okay. why, that's why I said I was surprised because, but this was after, this was after whenever they drafted Jabril Cox and Micah Parsons, they added another linebacker. So I just remember, I'm about to go back and look up the, my tweets and see if I actually, let's, let's do some verification on what I said. Okay. Well, I also actually, here's something I got right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just kind of, this is kind of about the Cowboys. But I'm just giving you a hard time, man. My, this is my real thing. Um, it's, it's about the division as a whole. I thought it was silly and actually silly that people believed in Washington because look, their defense was great last year, but all, all evidence from all time tells us that it is very difficult to be a great defense year to year in the NFL. You generally regress to the mean. Now they have become bad and I didn't anticipate that, 
but I thought they would not be as good as they were last year. And Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt, which is unfortunate. I don't think there's much of a difference between him and Heineke, but people really thought that this team was going to challenge and they, they can't, they're not that good. I mean, they won seven games last year, Tony seven. And people thought they were amazing of the seven games. They won last year four were against the NFC East, which is the division that everybody loves to bag on. And of those four, one of them was the game that the Eagles threw to them in, in the final week of the season. So like they really didn't, you know, they, they have never had, you know, the Cowboys beat the chargers mm-hmm. that Washington under Ron Rivera is a fantastic human being. Love him as a, as a person, but Washington does not have a, a quality win with him as their head coach. They just don't. I mean, they, yeah. they've the teams they've beaten have been really, really, really bad. And they've just been less bad than them in those moments. And so uh, I, I didn't think it made any sense to believe in anybody else over the Cowboys in the NFC East. And so I was definitely right about that. So congratulations to me. I'm a genius. Well, congratulations. You're right about something on this podcast. Yeah. Congratulations to <laughs> the University of Oklahoma, to Texas A&M University, to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, life is good, Tony. Life is good indeed. Um, what's, uh, what's the best thing you've eaten recently before we leave? Oh gosh. What happened? Um, I will have to say, Oh, I got some, uh, really good barbecue from a play uh, from a barbecue place called Sullivan's and the sauces and brisket. Oh my gosh. So okay. in the last 48 hours, I've been doing some damage with that. Good plug part for of Sullivan's. Atkins, part of my Atkins diet. Respect. Uh, right on. My wife made some spaghetti, so I'm going to say oh, that because nice. uh, nice. I'm a good husband. Uh, yeah. So uh, you are a great husband. Yeah, you always remember you're always wrong, and your wife's oh, yeah, always I'm, right. That's all I'm, you got to remember. The, the theme of this show, <laughs> when we take it, you know, off air and go into real life, you know, if if I if I'd recorded this episode with my wife and said, okay, what are the things I got wrong? The list would be, I mean, I don't even, I, I don't even know how long it would be. So. Um, Great job, Tony. Great job, everybody. The Dallas Cowboys are four and one. Like I said, later this week, we'll talk about things that we got right about the Dallas Cowboys. But today it was all about how wrong we were. Thanks for listening. We love you all. This was the 750. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.